Welcome to the Death Dialogues Project Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Odd Jennison, and I can guarantee you that you will be a better human for listening to these stories. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us for today's episode, which is part two with Marissa Medden, Letters from Beyond. You can find part one, and it is episode 69, and I highly recommend that you listen to that first and hear the deep diving Marissa gives us into how she came upon her spiritual gifts and what mediumship has been like for her. So, after our talk, I had the thought, you know what, Marissa was so genuine, so authentic. I'd like to sample her services, and I'd like to enlist her in receiving a letter from beyond, and that I did. In this episode, today's episode, you will hear us unpacking that experience and sharing a lot about what came through to Marissa during that um, reading that came as a letter to me. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy this, and I hope it helps you understand a little bit more about the way Marissa works. And for those of you that have never walked into the space of mediumship or quite understood it, I hope you find it very enlightening. Thanks for being here. Just a quick side note, I have an exciting addendum. Marissa is giving all of the Death Dialogues podcast listeners a 30% discount. So if you do choose to try Marissa's services, when you're checking out, put in Death Dialogues to receive your discount. Take care. So today we have a part two of an interview. Sometime later, um, Marissa and I got together virtually. Um, I engaged her to write a letter regarding my loved ones. And we thought it might be interesting to you all if we had a little chat about that. So Marissa, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thanks for having me back, Becky. I'm so excited to to talk in, in more detail about the letter. Yeah. So I thought um, maybe you could just kick it off and um, talk about the experience for you and ask me any questions and I'll pop in whenever it seems appropriate. Perfect. Yeah. So for anyone who listened to part one, you got to hear Becky and I just talk about uh what I guess my life was like as a as a medium, and we kind of talked about our shared maybe beliefs and experiences, and she asked me a lot of questions about just how how mediumship works for me and how I discovered it and how it works for me. It's all through writing. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet and you want to start there, feel start there, feel free. Um, but yeah, so Becky asked me afterwards if I would write a letter to her um, from her brother who has passed away and potentially her mom if if she came up as well. And I think it's really neat. I haven't had to, um, I haven't had the opportunity to record a podcast with anybody who had um, had a letter in this way. So I guess I'll just kick it off um, maybe and ask you, what were you feeling 
kind of your thoughts of as you engage me to say like will you write this letter what were you thinking before and what were your kind of initial reactions after you read the letter mm, yeah so um interestingly i have always been very open to the idea of mediumship even my very christian oriented mother i i learned what a medium was through her. She was pretty open with these conversations. So I've never felt any taboo around it. And I didn't really seek it out um, until after my brother's death. And that was not so much a seeking, but just circumstances arose um, where people came before me, you know, yeah. or my attention. So I have had a couple interactions with people um, and it's always been very profound. So, and they're always a little different. And yeah. um, throughout, after Max's death, you know, specifically, and then mom died 10 months later. And actually, I should go back to when my dad died, when I was 22, we had an experience um, the second night after he died, or the second morning after he died of a visitation from him. So that opened us all up super wide. It was like yeah. an undeniable thing. I think I've got a podcast about that. Ghost Stories, it's called, if anybody wants to listen to that. So yeah, so I was broken wide open by that, like that feeling of energy just does not die. Um, but I'm also, you know, always kind of studying and reading and open to these experiences. And I, yeah. I'm very open to that. Everybody's a, a information that people get from the other side or people might be filtered through their, what their framework is. Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense yeah. of how they, how they get their information. So. You know, I don't tend to be a, oh my gosh, that's not exactly what this other person said. I look more at the three, three different situations now that I've had, you know, seeing those commonalities. So I was excited. Um, I wasn't in a space of needing to prove or disprove anything. Um, I might have said this on our last conversation, but I'm always, um, I, I have like lists of, quote unquote, coincidental mm -hmm. or synchronistic things that have happened. It's a really, really profound things that you, you really can't deny that there's not some sort of connection there. But I always joke around and say, you know, until they come and sit and have a cup of tea or coffee with me <laughs> face to face, I probably have a little bit of doubt back in the back of my mind. It's just my human nature coming out. Yeah. So it's, yeah, and we talked about. I love that conversation last time too. Of of me feeling the same, even as a medium, and feeling it's like these things keep happening, and I can't deny of of all the letters I've written and the accuracy that it's had. But I still feel I still kind of you wonder. It's like until I can see and prove and have and and you know scientifically this that and the other. It's still um, it's still hard to believe, even for me sometimes. So I can completely understand. Yeah, I loved, um, I'd heard the term before, but you really turned it on again for me, the imposter syndrome. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, there's that feeling that if I share with anybody that doesn't relate to that, you know, there's a sense yeah. of poor, desperate, grieving girl <laughs> who's making, <laughs> ma 
who's making up these stories, you know, kind yeah, of. Yeah, you can only imagine what they say about me. <laughs> My friends think I'm insane because I'm the one sharing these messages and I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, imposter syndrome is, is such a good word for it because um, we mentioned before, I, I do some, I do a lot of coaching as well. And imposter syndrome is actually a term, I guess I don't know where it came from specifically, but a, a term that's really broadly used in the entrepreneurial world. And I help a lot of clients, you know, through this to understand, like, you know, I don't feel like I'm ready to be a this or be a that. And for me, I, you know, I work with a coach as well. And I was like, you know, those are ones you can kind of move into and prove that you can do accounting or you can, you know, do X, Y, or Z. But I was like, I, I will never be able to, you know, really fully know or prove. And it, it feels so hard to not have concrete answers, but I just, you know, we talked about before, it's a, it, it just, it feels so powerful and it's healing and, um, in so many ways for people that I just, I love to keep moving forward. So, um, I think I'd, I'd love to ask, uh, for maybe it'd be interesting for the readers. Cause I, I think a lot of people, when they think of mediums, get really skeptical of like, well, maybe they just research you know, something about me, or maybe they just know this. And I always tell people, it's like, it, it tends to be these weird little things that, you know, nobody could research, you couldn't possibly know, or um, any examples that, that came up for you in the letter like that, that were just particularly kind of meaningful that, you know, it's like the strange little things, maybe to help people understand that. Right. So I messed with you a little bit on this one, didn't I? I sent her my yeah, letter. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I So I read the letter and I was, um, as far as the space of walking into it, I actually was quite excited and I was really looking forward and um, you got back with me very promptly. So that was very exciting. And I read it, I started reading it and the second word, it's Becky, Rebecca. And um, I knew because of talking to Marissa and for the length of time she's been doing it, I knew that it could be helpful in her process if I very mindfully gave her feedback mm -hmm. on my experience. Yeah. So I waited, I needed to really sit with it because it was very intense and it was very long. So I sat with it for a few days, but, yeah. but my very first line in there with was, well, first of all, my name is Becky. It's not Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> to which yeah, your experience sure. was yeah I, I just you know how you can like see the um the set like when you look at an email on your phone you see the you know here's who it's from you can see like the first kind of sentence and I can't remember where I was now it's like out somewhere maybe with friends or something and I just looked at you know I was I was, I was kind of waiting for your response to you because you had said you know I received it I'm sitting with it and I'll get back to you and I just saw that first kind of like uh, teaser subject line and I was like oh no like everything in here is wrong is but then you kept going like <laughs> going but it was yeah it was a funny um a funny way to see so the funny thing about that is that my name wasn't rebecca but i always wished it was my uh we have our older brother our oldest brother is 15 years older than me and my mom let him name us or name me and um he named me becky and not rebecca and <laughs> maybe because of that or maybe for whatever reason but max always called me rebecca and um, in fact, Marissa, since we talked before, I let my sister-in-law, Max's wife, read that. Oh, wow. And she's still processing it, I think, and <laughs> that one of her, com her comments was, um, oh, my gosh, Rebecca. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Yeah, it was very sweet. So, yeah, that was, he was, um, 
when he would call me Rebecca, I would say, what, Maxwell? And he wasn't a Maxwell. <laughs> yeah. His name was Thomas Max. So, yeah, that was just a little endearing thing between us. And um, <clears throat> another thing, besides the messages that we can get into the broader scope of it, because I kind of asked broad, you know, big questions yeah. rather than what color, what color shirt am I wearing? Or, right. you know, what did I do yesterday? I didn't go down that road. Yeah. Um, but with my mom, um, the description right at the beginning, he just, the description was perfectly her, um, the way she would be and the way she was in life and the way I'd heard her verbalize before about, I'm here. I don't want to bother you. Do you be with me? You know, let me know if you need anything. And then the, big one was um she you know i have done this years and years of work with heart math and with breath work and throughout the years had taught my mother and would revisit a, a technique a centering technique that helped with autonomic nervous system balance and um the first step was imagine the breath going through your heart area and I would, I have people put their hands over their heart to connect with that. And that was in the message was whenever you want to contact me or be in connection with me to put your hands over their heart. So that really resonated. But there was enough in there, Marissa, as you recall, I asked you if you had looked at my background information. Yeah, it was so, right. Yeah, it was so funny. That was like, so as, as I read that first subject line, and then opened up the email, then right at first, it's like, my name is Becky, not Rebecca. And I was like, Oh, no. And then right after that, you're like, and are you sure you haven't looked at, you know, my my blog post or my social media? And I was like, what have I done? Um, and then it was it was so funny. We were we were laughing about this last time is that, you know, as a as a business person, as an entrepreneur, and, and you the same thing like doing podcasts, I think we both acknowledge it's I normally, you know, would, would do research and read a lot and listen to a lot, you know, before I come as a guest on someone's podcast. And I, I actually had not done any of that. I have an assistant who um, does outreach for me. She, you know, finds podcasts and, and things like that. So I, 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 I wrote to you and said, embarrassingly, I have done none of that. I actually I was like, I haven't ever looked at your social media. I hadn't listened to other episodes. I hadn't read the blog post. And I was like, I feel like I'm just digging myself in a hole. I don't know what's better or worse to tell you that I, that I looked at it all and, <laughs> and knew these answers or that I, I actually haven't looked at a single thing, which is um, embarrassing too. But I guess in this case, maybe that was the reason. So I, I could just write this from, from the real source that flew, that, that, that flew, that, um, that came through and not be um, influenced in any way. Maybe that was, for the reason. And I love um, going back to what you said about your mom. I know a lot of the letter was from your brother, but um, one thing was kind of like, how do you, your mom wants to say like, how, you know, if you, if you want to get in touch, Max had one way we can talk about that, you know, that he, he talked to you, but your mom said, you know, I guess, let me back up. Most people, most spirits that come through, if they, you know, someone asks, how do I stay connected with this person? You know, will they, let me know. Will they talk to me? And a lot of times they'll, they'll say, you know, think they'll either give a specific symbol or say, think of a symbol that your mom, um, in this, that what came through, she said, you know, Max had said, just think of her, like put your hands to your heart whenever you are thinking of her and she'll feel it too, kind of along those lines. Um, and I had, when I write, you know, I always explain to people, 
I have, I have no idea what any of it means, right? Like you could put your hands on your heart. I could have said, put your hands on your face, put your hands on your knees. You know, it it doesn't mean anything to me when I write it. And so it's, it's so beautiful for me to be able to hear, you know, back from, from people on the other side to say, this is why it was so meaningful. So it was so cool to, that was your mom. It was like, she didn't say very much, but it was, it was, you know, put both your hands on your heart whenever you want to connect to me. and, And I'm there thinking of you in the same way. And when I heard you say why that was meaningful to you and that was something you guys actually did together, I was just like, that it's so amazing and it's it's so neat. And that's why, yeah, as I say, it's not the big things that you could ever research. And you know, I don't know, maybe if you had written that somewhere, I don't believe so. But um, those it's like those little details of things like that where it just feels so powerful. And yeah, thank you for sharing that one. I wanted to mention to you, Marissa, because I forgot about this. It came up since Mm -hmm. we talked last. Um, I told you that I kind of, uh, I was up at Omega Institute for something and um, Brian Weiss and John Holland and John Borisinko or John Borisinko were the speakers. And I wasn't familiar with what uh, an amazing um, uh, medium Mm -hmm. John Holland was. And he actually had, with a whole room full of people, and it wasn't about raising your hands, he would point over in a direction, like, I'm getting something over here, you know, and, and it was, did your dad pass? Did it have something to do with his brain? And he said, he, right. he put his hand on his heart, and he said, are you doing something that has to do with this? And he pats his heart. Heart, heart work. <laughs> he wants you to know he's very. Yeah. He wants you to know he's very proud of you. And um, Aww. yeah, I thought of that then. You know, I didn't think of it immediately with this, but um, as this time has passed by, th- that thought came to me as well. And I thought, how, yeah, how coincidental that with both of them there would be that heart connection. Yeah, that's a strong one. Yeah. And then the other, um, the other connection that maybe just one more example from the letter that you explained to me was, was so profound and, and meant something to you was the, um, a lot of analogies of galaxies and stars, yes. uh, from your brother. <clears throat> Would you love to explain that one? Absolutely. So that was one of the main reasons I asked you if you had seen any pictures or anything, because I then <laughs> sent you the picture. I, um, <clears throat> I thought I had had a post at least, if not a blog post on it, um, after my brother had died. Uh, I was outside and in New Zealand, we're in the country, not a lot of ambient light and they're, um, the stars are just magnificent. And I was out front one night and the stars were crazy. And I was like, Hey Max, you know, I hope you're okay. And there was like a shooting star. And and so I said, um, Oh, wow, Max. If that's you, give me another shooting star. And there was another shooting star. And I, I was <laughs> like talking to the stars. And the final situation happened or, or thing happened, example happened when I said, I just had this overwhelming, because here, how we see them in the Northern Hemisphere, how we can see the Milky Way galaxy like here, you just see so many wisps of galaxies, yeah. right? Because the vision is so different. And um, I just had this profound thought and I, it, because I was getting this response from shooting stars and I thought, what if 
every one of those lights out there actually does represent a soul. And as soon as I had that thought out, the a shooting star went all the way across the sky, like arched and um, was so huge. And so that really got me connected with um, that concept of somehow. And then I, it just things started happening where I was reading poetry or hearing people talk about, you know, we're just stardust. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we're all, we all come from the stars. And immediately after that, I was in an art journaling group. It was like the next day, I think, um, for my art journaling class, I had done the black sky and had a picture of that, um, made a picture of that with white ink on it. And that is sitting, that was sitting on my altar out in my red shed when Marissa and I were we're we're doing this uh last podcast and then when we did this letter and so that's what I was wondering had she seen a picture and then read about that because that was a super profound experience in fact I'm writing a book right now and the main title is and then the stars spoke um Mm. that's a great title love it yeah yeah so yeah very yeah, so as you share that, um, yeah, I love that story because as I was writing and to give some background, whenever I connect with with anybody when I'm doing my writing, um, I often kind of get a visual of of kind of uh, some sort of environment of where that person might be, and sometimes it might be in like a, an old wooden office or in a library or just you know outdoors or some sometimes it's it's very clear and sometimes there's not really a visual of, of where they are necessarily but as some of the questions you asked about these bigger kind of kind of esoteric questions about like well where do we go and what's it like and um i had never quite had this explanation but a lot of the words that that came onto the paper as i was writing for max were all about there were star analogies and galaxies and it was like we're we're kind of like these you know there's these galaxies of different kind of souls and there's stars and we can kind of like be with the, the souls and the stars that we want to but i just kept having these visuals of these like swirling galaxies that i, I never had those um visuals before but as i was writing or any time and so you know i don't know if that's where people are where they go or that was a way for max to commute you know for him to explain that this was really him coming through and that was his way of connecting with you because that was that experience and the science that you saw um but i thought that was really neat just hearing afterwards how like, there's so many analogies both with with your mom and with him of these visuals i had of them as like these stars and these kind of swirling galaxies it was so hard for me to explain and you were like yeah i get of course of course that makes sense i was like oh good um so that was kind of neat to see for sure yeah and just to, to explain that a little a little further is, um, you know, my name for the the divine is what I, I have said for many years, the universe. And um, I think, as Marissa, I was reading this, and there was a little bit of it that was like, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, that's the way it is, you know, because that had been my framework for so long. And I then, after I got over the initial, like, well, yeah, there's, I mean, obviously there was some profundity in, in it, but it was also some familiarity, a lot of familiarity. So 
you know, I'm looking for the big lightning bolt things. And so there was a little like, hmm. And then as I sat with it, it was like, wait, wait, wait. Out of all the worldviews there are, of all the indoctrination indoctrination that people might have along, you know, this kind of, you know, how did Marissa land on what spoke to me and a lot of research I've done. And I think this is really important for people to understand. And I'm curious to see what you think about it, Marissa. Mm -hmm. But from a lot of the research I've done as far as afterlife and what happens after we die, I keep seeing recurring messages from, from people that have connected with the beyond, et cetera, that, that our own belief system is what like if Jesus is our guy, Jesus will rock you in his arms, yeah. kind of thing, you know. And yeah. if and if Mary is your lady, is your right hand woman, you know, Mary will be there to comfort you. And for me, the universe has been my story, and that connection. I just even as a child, I just always gazed into the night sky and felt like that's a part of us somehow. It's a mystery. But I have felt that it's a part of us. And so you were hitting on what my framework was. And then you explained it in more depth than I had ever thought about it. So am I making sense? Right. Yeah. You're making perfect sense. And it's so neat to hear. And, and, uh, starting with the first part of your question, I've, um, I've read the same thing too and, or read, heard wherever the message, messages have come from that we, yeah, we see kind of what our beliefs are as we cross over is is kind of what I'm thinking. So people will say, you know, if you think that there's going to be an angel and a devil and gates for you to walk through, like, that's what you will see. If you think that, you know, your mother and your brother will be waiting for you, that is what you will see. So yeah, I can't confirm or deny, but I've definitely heard the same thing. And yeah, I just loved, um, yeah, in, in that same sort of way, you know, who knows what it's like on the other side, but it it was really neat that the stars and the galaxy and their universe and those kind of words came through from Max to you because that's not necessarily not that that um it doesn't go against anything I've I've you know written but it doesn't necessarily you know people have asked similar questions and it's never I've never had stars and galaxies and you know analogies like that come through so I think it's just really neat of you know the vision that you have and the science that you believe that somehow he communicated that through me to you. In the same way, which just feels so cool. So again, it's it's just neat to to piece it all together. Mm. And that that followed through into um, the way we connect and the way we communicate. Do you want to speak on that some? Oh yeah, that was such um, a neat one for me. So um, I ex- I explained to Becky, you know, when people ask me, and really, I guess if you go back to the first, um, the first episode we did together, the the one before this, a lot of people will say, well, you know, what's it like? Like, how can you explain how it, how a mediumship works? Like, what are you, you know, are you hearing words? Do you hear a voice? Like, what happens? And I've always tried to explain it the best I could, and you know, I, I did that in the last episode, I believe. So um, you can check it out, but. Um, I was so excited because what came through in the words from Max felt so profound because I felt like he gave voice to this process that I've never been able to explain in words to people. And I told Becky, I was like, I'm so grateful for Max because now I can explain this. But 
Yeah. So when people ask kind of how this communication works, right, I think it's it's a great mystery for people who have never experienced it. And um, I hadn't until the last couple of years. So I've, I've been, you know, it's not like I've always been doing this. So I completely understand people are like, what is actually happening? And the the words that he gave to it, he was saying along the lines of imagine you're, you know, sitting in a chair, you know, in two chairs talking to somebody in, in a room together. And then you, you know, shut your eyes, but you can or no, I think he said you you um, stop talking, but you can still see each other and you're just looking and it feels like you can still communicate while you're just looking at each other. And then it gets completely dark and somehow you still just kind of keep communicating. It's like we we on this earth have learned to use words and visuals and movements and hands and, and all of that. But the way that it kind of communicates to me, it's just kind of this energy that doesn't doesn't have words. It doesn't have motions it just kind of comes through as like an interpretation almost so the same way you know if you imagine sitting next to a friend and really just feeling their energy knowing what they're feeling knowing what they're going to say before they say you know we don't rely on that but i think that we could all probably do it even on this on earth a lot more than we um give ourselves credit for but that's kind of how process works for me and it was just i butchered everything we'll have to read it at some point but yeah he said it really beautifully in my opinion i was really excited about that yeah and that resonated with me too that's it's pretty much how i imagined it and i'd had um several things come in that fashion already where it's like oh that has where did that come from you know that had to be <laughs> that had to be yeah him. the first one um, I don't know if I mentioned it in the first episode, but, um, where I've got the tattoo on my wrist and it's WWMD for what would Max do? Because in our family, he was the guy. And for many, many people, <laughs> one of these people that had so many quote unquote best friends, you know, that just, he was there for so many people and he was that guy. And they, it's just in typewritten font with little hearts on the side. and I. It came to me at his funeral, and I said that to my, um, to his wife's stepmom, who's a therapist too. And I said, I just feel like I need to get a what would Max do tattoo. She said, Yeah, I think you probably should. <laughs> just like didn't skip a beat. Yeah, yeah, I think you probably should then. And so before I left <laughs> Chicago to come back to New Zealand, I got it. And the next morning, I'm on my friend's couch, and the next morning, I wake up and I look at that, and I just hear him. But it's exactly like he described it in, in the letter. And in, in, it's not a voice, but I can, I sense him yeah. laughing his head off and saying, well, I sure as hell wouldn't have gotten a tattoo. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I, told that. His, I told Barb, his wife, that she said, that's exactly what he would have said, too. And it's like, that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's so hard yeah. to explain. I think a lot of times we almost feel like we're making something up because you, uh, you know, I always talk about my, my mom hears her dad and I say here, quote unquote, her dad in that way. And it's almost just like these thoughts kind of, kind of just appear in your head or in your gut. And you just have this like either feeling or you kind of feel like these words or sentences and you just assume that you're kind of making it up yourself. And I think that you know, I, when I explain the process, I'm always say like, I kind of just feel like I'm making up a novel and I love doing it for, you know, for people who I know nothing about and, and 
don't know anything because then I'm like, I'm just kind of making this thing up. But then, you know, I hear back from people like you and, um, it, it resonates and it feels so real because when it's, when it's people we know, you know, even when I kind of do this letter process for, you know, from my mom, from her father or something like that, sometimes I feel like I am almost like biased because I'm like, is this him saying it? Or is this just what I think he would be saying? And I think that a lot of us have those, those thoughts from loved ones who have passed on. And we just kind of assume that it's like our, our thoughts of them or what we think that they would say, but it's, it's really them coming through. And it's, it's really hard to know the difference when it's someone that you're close to. And I think excellent point, Marissa. I think we all need to be a little bit more aware of that, that possibility. And um, for me, as you're saying that I'm thinking the difference for me is those kind of thoughts are just there. Like there's no precognition, you know, there's no lead up. (laughs) Yeah, they just arrive. (laughs) There's no lead up to it. There's no, um, they're totally out of context, out of the blue, and they're just there. (laughs) Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes total sense. The way my mom explains it, because she she used to struggle with this with, with her dad, and she would just say, all of a sudden, she would just start saying, they're just not my thoughts. I wouldn't say these things. Like they, they just come, they just pop in and I know they're his. So yeah. However, it's, it's so hard to explain, but yeah, she kind of explains it in the same way for her as well. So maybe other people have that. And I think we all hear it in different ways. You know, some people um, have sent like smells that they'll, they'll smell, you know, a cigar that their, you know, grandfather or father used to smoke or a perfume that somebody used to wear or, like a favorite meal that someone would cook. And, um, you know, some people see visuals. So, you know, there's, there's all different ways, but yeah, this one, I know we're just kind of talking about that, that sensing that feeling. And I think so many people overlook it because you just kind of feel like you're making it up because we feel like crazy people when we think that we're just talking to people who have passed on and it's, that's the imposter syndrome, even as it plays in your life as well. Right. Well, I do have that passage. Would you like for me to read it about Yeah. Um, So it says, um, in terms of my preferred means of connection, you already know it. You just have to practice it. As you told Marissa, tuning into my frequency. What I mean is, imagine that we are sitting there in the same room in chairs facing each other, but our eyes are shut and there's complete darkness and we just share thoughts. We just are. We are one. My thoughts are there. My words with you. You can hear me absolutely anytime you want. It's quite easy, really, now that you know. You don't have to be getting a massage. It's just the first time you really let it happen. But just close your eyes anytime and imagine my presence. And any words you hear in your head, any thoughts that come through, that's it. That's me. It really is that easy. But if you want to see the white feather, as you told Marissa, I can do that too. When you need to see that sign, just ask and then be on the lookout. It's not always as easy to give you the symbol, but I will try to get better at it too, to find ways. So, excuse me. So rely on that only as a secondary communication. I'm just remembering (laughs) that story (laughs) when you really just need to know, when you really just need to feel my actual presence. And mom wants to have one too. She says to pick one and tell her too, and she will also try. Um, You don't have to have Marissa tell us anything, tell us or anything like that. Just think about it in your head and we'll know. So should I tell him the white feather story? Yeah, I love this one. It's so neat before you do it. It's neat hearing the words back because 
it's when I was trying to to say the words as well. Sometimes I I believe that this is real too because I'm like these words are far more elegant than than I am. I'm like I hear his <laughs> words and I keep thinking it's this wise thing. I'm like this came out of me, I suppose. But um, yes, he is far wiser and uh, communicates it much better than I do. Well, and the thing that's interesting about Max is that's that's who he was in real life as yeah. well. He was a wordsmith and he was. He was the person in his little country church that if the minister wasn't present, he might be asked to fill in. He was asked to provide eulogies. He just, yeah, so that doesn't surprise me. It's so interesting how that flows yeah. through as well. Yeah, yeah, so what happened was, I again, you know, a big, big dose of uh, like, okay, proof, proof, proof. So I got the letter and I read through and I read about the white feather thing and I thought okay Max if this is real <laughs> give me the white feather mister and um so I uh and Marissa had always also made the point in our first conversation about and you know be aware and some of these things let me just you know full disclosure here so Marissa and I have done one episode but we also tried to record this episode that we're doing now, but it was a fail. So if you hear us referring to things that we've said, but they aren't in the first episode, I'm sorry, but that's probably where it's getting lost in translation. And yeah, um, so that we did have a conversation where you mentioned that um, about that sign, it doesn't mean that you have to see a physical white feather in front of you. It could also be on the internet or, you know, social media pop up or, or in a magazine, just be open to that. So, you know, I thought about that. It's like, okay. So I was outside and I'm like, hey, white feather, any old time. <laughs> and it was a little blustery day. And I walked down the drive. I go out towards the red shed and I walk down the drive. And I'm, I had this vision in my mind of a pile of white feathers. And I was like thinking, giggle, giggle, wouldn't that be funny if I just saw a big pile of white feathers? And I walk back and nothing, don't see anything along. And I'm starting to think, where are the white feathers coming from out here anyway? At the beach, it's a little bit more understandable. And as I'm sitting, standing there talking, this black and white feather just goes through the air and directly in front of my face. <laughs> and, and go, you know, and then of course, what does Ducky do? Becky More. says, thanks, Max, but that was black and white. You're supposed to do a white feather. That's, oh gosh. And, um, but yeah, more and more, more please, more please. So, but I really was feeling it. It was like, that. that's pretty amazing. It, where did it come from? And it was flying through the air. So, um, yeah, so I go inside. And I'm doing something on social media. Oh, I dove into LP, who's a musician. And I have wasn't really familiar with her. And I did a deep dive. I was listening to her music. And this is in the evening then. And um, I go through a video. Oh, yeah. Th th I'm sorry. Sorry. Back up. I had also seen a, that bl same black and white feather immediately, even before the one in the air, on a friend's... Um, on a friend's post. So that was the first, and I think they're magpies maybe because we do have magpies here. 
So that was the first one I saw. And then the second was in the air. And so I'm looking at LP's information and I watch a video. And in the video, a woman is either in a chair or in a bathtub covered with small white feathers. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Becky, you're gonna, you're gonna love this one now. I'm, um, so I'm sitting like on a couch right now. That's like this gray couch. And I just looked down on the floor and there's this little white feather, um, that oh I, that God. I just picked up. So I took a picture and send it to you, but you know how I think, I guess sometimes they like come out of a couch or whatnot, but they, they like never does that here. But somehow there was just one sitting on the floor as you were talking about that. I just picked it up and started playing with it before I even realized I was like, Oh my God, I'm holding a white feather. It's so weird. So <laughs> hi, Mac. <laughs> I'll send well, you a picture. That's the first, yeah. Hi, man. Thank you. <laughs> and I do forget to do that, you know, and I think that's important is acknowledge it when it does happen. And yeah. the first time that happened, uh, I had, this was, uh, my, British online medium I was talking to and he said he said Max is laughing and I'm laughing because I always think this is super silly and he knows it's silly too but the feather thing (laughs) (laughs) he said said, he's telling you if you see a white feather it's him and my friend was in the white in the shed with me and she pats me on my lap and there's a white feather sitting on my lap (laughs) so it's very similar to what you just did And then recently, within the past couple of weeks, I was out walking on our um, harbor and there was a white feather on the ground. And again, people, I understand what you're saying right now. You're saying, Becky, there are white feathers everywhere. I get that. (laughs) Right? I understand that. And that's what I say when I see them. I say, oh, there's white feathers everywhere. This feather proceeded to flit and flutter over to me and land on top of my foot <laughs> under my Birkenstock um, strap. So I was like, it, that one got a big thank you. Like, I see you. Thank you. I love it. I, I love all the signs and it's been hearing. And um, I was just, I have, I have the letter in front of me too. And I thought um, it was really powerful. I, I loved reading the, the just quick couple sentences from your mom about putting the hands on their heart. Um, so I'd love to just read that yes. one quickly. Cause I think it's just you know, when people haven't seen a letter, understand, you know, what it is or what it sounds like. Um, I just feel like it's helpful to hear, but, um, yeah, going back to that one, I'll just read it quickly. It says, um, from Max, there's something about a mother daughter connection and this one in particular, that was really quite special. It's hard to explain Rebecca. I know you'd like the words from her too, but she's just so peaceful being connected to you through your heart. This is where you can feel her. She is explaining to me. When you miss her, sit down upright and put your hands on your heart, both hands, and think of her. And she is there doing the same with you. And it says you won't hear the words as much and kind of goes on. But um, yeah, it's just, it's so interesting to hear. And I just love that the, you know, the personalities come through in a different way and the way you describe Max afterwards of how kind of just wise and um, just, yeah, good with his words. It, I just thought it, it was such a beautiful message. So um, I had, I really enjoyed, yeah, I told you sometimes, sometimes they feel really hard or heavy and sometimes they feel light, but this one, I was, I feel like I just kind of had a smile on a face the whole time I was writing it and it just felt, um, yeah, it felt so wise, which was, I guess, one of the best words I can describe. And I guess for, um, the last maybe question I have for you is if, if people are wondering, you know, if this is something that 
they should do or you know what do you what do you get from this right and and maybe it's a different experience for everybody but after having this letter and i know you've had a couple of different medium experiences and they're all a little bit different but what did you gain from this or what was your what was your takeaway from it or any changes or thoughts or feelings well i think um i i want to just hit real quick about as you read that to me the other thing with the instruction with the technique that i would do with mother was sitting upright in a chair so i had, oh, really I totally <laughs> yes so you don't fall asleep yeah so i had totally missed that that's so funny um i don't yeah, yeah you so didn't say it last time that's funny yeah so for me um i i feel so open to um feeling connection with my soul connects. I mean, anybody that follows this project who's dug into my story <laughs> understands that I feel like Max and mom, you know, it was different. My dad died when I was 22 and I'm unpacking that more for the book I'm writing. And it was pretty profound as well. And it was a very complicated relationship, but I believe, um, that I'm down with the big mystery. You know, I'm not sure about all of the, yeah. there were lessons to learn and all of that, which did come through in the letter as well. But I do mm -hmm. believe that there was a kind of a contract between the three of us or there was a, a, a soul connect because we, we got each other. We communicated, you know, my mom and I were survivors in that household for seven years. Max is seven years older than me. He's the youngest of three brothers. So we were together in that period of time, my mom and I, uh, and um, had a deep survivor connection and then Max was always um, just always anybody that knows him and anybody in our family would say, you know, there was a wisdom, an old soul kind of thing about Max. And then he was my adult, you know, good father that morphed into best friend. And so there was super deep connection on a soul level, it felt there. And so I am always open. And it was really profound the day after both of their deaths, when I'm doing an exercise and realize, you know, the, the people that really know my stories and know me and know the depth of me and width of me are gone. You know, mm. those two people, yeah. you know, more than my husband could know more than my other older brothers could know. There was just a survivor, um, ship and, and things that we'd been through and how we coped and all of that. And it was really, really hard. So I am so down with connection. I'm saying that to say, you know, I love that. And I, I can't imagine people not being like that, but I get, I think there are some, and probably they're not listening to this podcast <laughs> because I think, right. Because I think that's yeah. more in that, in that pocket of don't do death, you right. know, don't do death. Don't want to talk about death. Um, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, stiff upper lip. Let's just keep marching forward. Right. And I feel like Marissa, this work that you're doing and this type of connection expands me mm. so greatly. It's an expansive experience. Um, That's it, good word. It, it's really, yeah. And it, I can't even describe it really. There's the words for it, but again, I have immersed myself in educating myself and um, reading, um, hearing other people's stories, obviously. And I've heard stories of near-death experience and connection from the beyond 
throughout my whole career and yeah. since my experience with my dad when I was 22. So these are not new stories by any means. It's just I'm experiencing it on a on a really regular basis firsthand. <laughs> and I find right, and I just find that your letter for me was so validating. Mm. And it and it was like you you know whatever you is the vessel <laughs> that Max and Mom and Max and Mom and I all three of us we made a pact that we would stay connected with Aww. each other from the beyond. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked openly about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel that, that, um, yeah, it's been validation and it's been, um, where I thought, you know, I, I could talk to them like that mm -hmm. where I thought I was feeling this. Yeah. Now I just, that layer is gone. Mm, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Cause you kind of more yeah. confidence to and continue it, connecting on your own. It sounds like to you. And it brings a lightness. Yeah. It brings, um, I felt, I felt a real turn, um, with my grief after this experience mm. of a real, yeah, where it was, this is it, this isn't magical thinking. Right. This isn't, oh, that's awesome. oh, because I'm so sad. Right. This is energizing <laughs> me now. Yeah. And I feel very light about it and I am not suicidal, but I cannot wait to go see them again, oh, you know, yeah. or, but I, but I can experience them here and now as well. Yeah. That's powerful. And thank you for sharing. And it, um, it, it helps me so much too, as well, because as I go on this journey of like, how is this happening and what is happening? And am I, should, should I keep doing this? And, you know, I get, we talked about before I get some, like, is it going to be, I'm always so afraid it's not going to be accurate or I'm going to make it worse or whatever it is. And I keep hearing, um, similar things to you and, and, my whole mission in life is, is really truly to help people heal in, in many different forms. And this is just one of them, but I'm on a continued mission to kind of, um, keep helping people. You know, I, I always think to myself, it's like, why, what is happening and why is it happening to me? And, you know, should I be doing it? And just again, to hear, to hear feedback like that, that it can help people move past grief or help you expand, help you connect and help you feel better. And in this lifetime and excited to, to reconnect and all of that is just, um, it's, it's so moving and special for me. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. And I, I guess I have a question for yeah. you because, um, with the coaching work that you're yeah. doing, is there any way and with some clients that are open up to it, do you ever meld the two? Yeah. I, the coaching with the connection. A, it's from a great own? question. And I think I will more in the future. Um, at the moment, um, in terms of kind of my clients who came to me for coaching first and not the mediumship who maybe didn't even know I was a medium. Cause I started coaching before I knew I was a medium. Um, I've only had, I've yeah. had one who came to me, um, she was recommended through, through somebody else and knew that I was a medium and I've done a letter for her and it, the same as you, it helped her so much, um, but you know, in our coaching to move on, you know, she, she'd been to therapy for 10 years before coming to me and all of these things. And it was definitely a really, um, integral shift in, in doing this. And she, uh, one of our sessions we had together, it was the um, third anniversary her sister had passed away. And she said, you know, my mom and my brother are having such a hard time right now with all of this, you know, always around the time of her death this week. And she said, I don't feel that anymore because I know the signs and I know she's connected and I have this letter from you. And, and she just felt 
so much better. She didn't sink into that, um, that grief, that, that hard, you know, depressive kind of grief that so many people do, um, because of that letter. And so in coaching, we were able to kind of move forward and, and work, you know, through, through other things. So, um, for the past kind of year and a half, I've been, I don't think struggling is the right word, but really trying to be open of how, how does this all fit together? And I don't think it's a mistake that I kind of came from this place of coaching and, and love of, of helping and now having these powers too. And I think it gives me a powerful way to help people. Um, you know, if I do write a letter for them, you know, I think a lot of mediums, it's like, here you go. <laughs> Bye. Um, whereas, where, you know, mm-hmm. I have a power to say, what do we do with this information? How can you take it? How can, how can it help you move forward? And so I don't fully quite know how it all connects yet, but I, I know that it will in the future. I'm really confident about that. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited to see, and I don't have the full answer. Mm, because I feel like after I feel deeply connected, you're so oh, easy you. to talk to. And I feel yeah, and you just, you know, you are Miss Pepsi corporate woman <laughs> yes. turned medium. I mean, right? I, I mean, I'm sorry, but you've you've yes. walked the other line. Yes. You know, you've done that. Um, and and there's a real rational uh, communication from you. There's there's just yeah, there's a real believability with all of this for me. And if I was shopping for a um, a coach myself, I would want some, yeah, I think that would be the yeah. perfect thing for me is, you know, do you, somebody that has that ability and Hey, you know, maybe at different times within the coaching process, it could be appropriate to touch yeah. on the other side or whatever. So I yeah. think that's super exciting. And yeah. I don't see a lot so of we'll, we'll see how it does. And it's, it's interesting even saying that in, in finding, you know, a right coach for you, I've worked with a couple, you know, I, I still work with a coach myself and, um, the first ones I worked with were very, I don't know, just traditional coaching and this and that. And, you know, one day I was like, so, um, you know, this thing has happened to me where I'm talking to dead people and I'm trying to figure out what to do with my business. And they, I feel like I was like, I know you're <laughs> going to think this is crazy. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, to really get forward momentum with a coach who, who doesn't, you know, believe in those things or whatnot. And the coach I have now, um, works with tarot cards and like, is totally into, you know, she, she is not medium herself by any means, but she's like, you know, done all of these cool things and believes in it and is really there to kind of support me through it. So like you're saying, vice versa, I think to have someone who just kind of gets the spiritual world, spiritual world, if that's something that you're into, um, yeah, it can kind of play in and it's, I, I think it can definitely, um, interact the more that I am open to it and let it happen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, Marissa. Well, we will have your details for people very quickly if they want to find you without even looking at the notes. Where do they go? Yeah. So I I think the best place is uh, Marissa. So my first name is M-A-R-I-S-A medium.com slash death dialogues. And that'll give you, if you're curious to see um, someone else's sample letter and they um, have written kind of comments and throughout the letter of why it's meaningful to them. So if you're curious about like, I know we read a couple passages, but you know, what does this letter look like? What does it sound like for somebody else? Yeah. So it's marissamedium.com slash death dialogues. And then I'm on Instagram. It's really more my person. I, I travel full time around the world when it's not 
coronavirus time, but um, it's at M-L-M-E-D-D-I-N. So ML Medin is, is Instagram if you just kind of want to follow along. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for this wrap up. This was fun. Thanks again. For I hope chat. everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. You get, you take good care. Marissa. You too, Becky. Thanks again for the chat. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed your time with us today. We'd love for you to get further connected with our project. You can find the links in the podcast information. You can also find the Death Dialogues Project on Facebook, on Instagram, and at www.deathdialogues.net. Take good care and see you next time.